0: Greetings and salutations, friends. Welcome to Pastors of Pain. We're here in Payne County, Oklahoma. I know many of you are not. Some of you are not. Many of you are right here in good old Payne County. And that's like our primary audience. When we started this show, we were like, we want to talk to our people in between Sundays. How do we do that? And then what's been great is people from other places have kind of joined in. You know, listening from from other places, even other countries. Welcome to Payne County, Stillwater, Oklahoma. I'm Father Brian O'Brien, pastor of St. Francis Xavier. Um, so usually Father Kerry Walkulich is here, but he's on sabbatical. But he's going to be back soon. It's coming. It's his his little uh, his little jaunt around the world, um, Ireland. Uh, where's Međugorje? Is uh Croatia. Croatia, yes. Uh, and then up and down the east coast. Anyway, Father Kerry will be back soon, and so he'll be more more regular here it's on the coming show. Soon, coming soon to a student <laughs> Catholic Student Center near you. Um, but I'm joined today by Father Robert Healy for the second week in a row. Uh huh. Um, it's an honor, man. Last week we were we were talking about. Uh, this effort uh, here in our parish, St. Francis Xavier, and I know Father Kerry would agree, to reclaim Sundays, reclaiming Sundays. And I I have to admit, I am very personally challenged by this whole thing. Now, I mean, it's it's an initiative that I'm leading um, at the same time that I'm being very challenged by um, because I think I, you know, sort of growing up, Uh, in my life. Even as a priest, I must say, there have been times when, like, I've treated, you know, I've treated Sundays like, let's, you know, obviously there's, you know, I have mass, and, but for a long time, you know, I mean, I, my 11 years of my 16 years as a priest were in and around Bishop Kelly High School, where I didn't, I was not in sort of the the rhythm of a parish. Mm -hmm. I was in the rhythm of of a high school administrator. And so I always, I mean, I've always, I always had mass somewhere. I always celebrated mass um, every day. I celebrate mass, mm-hmm. but treated, you know, at times. And so this challenge, I mean, it's not, this is, this challenge is not something we're just sort of putting on other people, and expecting you to just automatically become like us. This is something I would say just internally, that's hard. You know, right. so what what I want to talk about today, and I think Father Healy again has beautiful wisdom on on the subject of leisure. Um this is not something that comes naturally to me. Mm-hmm. Um I would say one of the things that Fa- Father Healy and being here over the last year plus now um and and kind of working through as we work together you know, I think one of the things he would say about me is like i I do and I value, and this is not a bad thing right like, I value productivity, I value mm-hmm. um you know getting stuff done you know and like moving the parish forward and getting all you know having all my emails answered and you know kind of what what's next, and what are we doing
1: and I've been learning a lot from and that's the, a good that's a good thing the virtues that are involved in that you know, the, sure, the diligence and the attentiveness yeah. to detail and
0: yeah, um, and moving the parish forward and getting right. stuff done, and what are we doing? Times with people, yeah. And there's there is there's a there's a value to that. And and I would say one of the biggest influences in my own life. Um, and I read as a as a brand new priest, I read a book called "Getting Things Done." <laughs> um, the the subtitle it, it's called "Getting Things Done: The Art of Stress Free Productivity," um, mm-hmm. by a guy named David Allen. And what I was looking at as a, as a young priest was gosh, man, there's a lot going on. You know, at that time, I was at Christ the King. I was chaplain at Bishop Kelly. And I started to kind of know, you know, Bishop Slattery was sort of hinting at, oh, man, you're going like, to take over Bishop Kelly High School. And I was like, crud. Like how, how am I going to get all that? You know, how am I going to kind of do all this and get, get everything done in the course of a day? So I looked for sort of tips on productivity. Mm-hmm. But I also, there, 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 so that's been a good thing. Um, the downside of that is this mentality that I always have to be doing something. And I think one of the beautiful things that Father Healy's brought to my life and to the life of, of our parish is that that's not true, right? So there is there is a place for getting mm-hmm. stuff done, productivity, answering emails. In the life of a parish priest, I mean, we have a lot of people that we have to kind of keep track of and take care of and phone calls to be returned and emails... Um, but the other piece of that is that that we're we're not called to constantly be on the move, to constantly be busy. That there is a place, things, a beautiful place, right, for leisure. And things have a purpose, but the
1: purpose isn't just to have more per you know another purpose. More beyond stuff, that, and that's yeah.
0: More more yeah. stuff. So I think you know in my own life I I I've tried to. Um, just in, in sort of pr- stuff that I own, I try to be very. I don't have a lot of stuff, you know. I try not to sort of keep a lot of stuff around, and part of that is being a priest. We're going to be on the move, you know. You got to be able to sort of pack up and move when when the bishop when the bishop calls. But the other piece of that, and this has been incredibly challenging, what I want to talk through today, is what does it look like to just have leisure. And you said before before we started recording, you you we had we sort of talked through kind of how we want to. You you had talked about th- kind of three
1: three categories three of people categories of people who can't get who can't really enjoy leisure. This is fascinating. Okay, so well, just this is totally da- dive This in is totally Joseph Pieper. If you've never heard of the name of Joseph Pieper, he was a German philosopher who was a young, newlywed in his twenties when the Nazis took over germany and so his um his life became in many ways uh one of responding philosophically to the philosophical the the, the thinking ideas errors of this um materialistic uh regime that was moving yep. into germany and taking over and taking words like like love and honor and courage and rewriting them and yep. re- com- you know, like redefining them um, in terms of their materialistic mentality. And so in his book on leisure, he says there are three types of people who can't really enter into leisure, don't have an idea of leisure and can't really get into it. The first type of people, he says, are basically living hand to mouth who are so poor that they have to work to survive, that they're, you know, kind of like, you know, digging up roots and, and hunting and different things in yeah. order to try to put food on the table um, because, and there's no break because they're constantly under the pressure of where is the next meal coming from. The second type person is a person who could, um, you know, poth- potentially, you know, stop and have and have leisure um, but uh, is living within a the context of a totalitarian regime that won't allow it. And, and so Pieper, this is very. Much knew that well. Peper I mean, experienced that well, and never, as well as Pope John Paul II, who wrote *Dies Domini*, as we were talking about last week, um, about the day of the Lord. You know, John Paul II lived first under Nazi oppression and then under communist oppression in Poland, and it was everything that they could try to do to maintain true leisure because. Is like all this effort to try to stomp out um, concerts and plays and, and all the various different cultural events well, one and of the gatherings things, of people.
0: Yes, I, re- I read, so John Paul II, um, yeah, I mean, he, read about his life. Oh, beautiful. Um, there's, a, there's an author named George Weigel who wrote um, this book about J- St. John Paul II called Witness to Hope. Mm-hmm. And he wrote about kind of the early life. And I remember reading this, I read it, when i was in seminary and reading about you know one of the ways that john paul ii as a young man pushed back against communism was through the theater right and polish theater wasn't just like entertainment
1: it's like if you read any of john paul ii's plays there are these very poetic very deep thinking uh soliloquies and and dialogues yeah. between characters that are that really moved deeply into thought. Uh, it's yeah, really so remarkable how are we, stuff.
0: How are we going to push back against the communists? We're going to put, we're on, gonna a put play. on a play. And you'd think like, well, That's that, that dumb. encapsulates
1: Polish culture, and, yeah. and Catholic faith. We're going to. So it, it was, but but he yeah.
0: had to, he had to do this. It was like an underground,
1: because it was forbidden. Theater. It was like yeah, having groups of trying people to getting stomp together, out art, stomp yeah. out no assemblies of people, stomp out. No. out
0: stomp out any sort of creativity. And so you see that, you know, in like in like architecture. I mean, I've I've never been to Poland. Father Carey goes to Poland all the time and 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 talks about Mm -hmm. like the architecture of what Polish the beauty of Polish culture and the architecture and then the stuff that they built during during communism. And It's it's blah. Yeah. It's gray dark blocky it's 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 um mechanical yeah there's sort of the the Mm -hmm. idea of like the the architectural style was like brutalism Mm um i think of for those of you who know it look up uh look up uh city hall in boston massachusetts (laughs) it's it's brutalist architecture it's ugh ugh Right. It's gross, you know, it's just this block of So when people are not
1: uh, allowed to flourish, yes. you're not allowed to yes. engage in any sort of activity or any sort of creativity and um and leisure, then you have people who are not able to have leisure. There's a government. So that's the second that's group keeping you from having yep. any leisure saying if you want to be valued in this society, you have to be at work. So get to work. Otherwise, your
0: value list. Your in, value is in work, right? Um, which
1: uh, we can come. <laughs> interestingly, <laughs> <to>. <laughs>
0: uh, so I'm. I was. I went to, a couple weeks ago. I went to Colorado uh, for a week with some priest friends, and it was awesome. And I'm listening to this podcast. There's a podcast called The Pillar, um, which is sort of more of like a sort of Catholic news kind of podcast. Well, they did this little trivia thing at the end. They do these like little games, and uh, I had never heard the state motto. <laughs> Of Oklahoma, yeah. What was it? The state motto of Oklahoma is "Work Conquers
1: All." Labora omnia vincit. Work conquers.
0: And I was like, "Oh my gosh, what? (laughs) what, Oklahoma brick really?" And it's just kind of that idea of like the the, Mm -hmm. sort of the Protestant work ethic that everything can just be solved by working, right?
1: You got a problem? Work at it. Yes. You got something you need to overcome? Work at it. You got a problem? You know, you got something that needs to be improved inside you, or in your home, or in, you know, something else. Well, get to work. And that is
0: not the Catholic right way. Okay, so, so, so some sense, rec- that recap the, third, the first group. Of so the first group, group that Joseph Pieper talks about are what the people who live in hand and mouth. They can't just got any leisure work. because they have to work to okay. survive. Second group. Second group
1: are people who are under a totalitarian, you know, some regime that's keeping them, that's forcing them to work. And the third group, which is the group yet we have to discuss, is the group of people who cannot tolerate leisure because the idea that have they have of leisure is so repugnant to their, you know, people who basically been so jaded by the uh, idea of the importance and the value of work that they can't, they don't see the value in leisure, um, and I think that this is the part that's the aspect that Joseph Pieper really wanted to focus on in that book. I think the prim- primary reason he wrote it is people who don't have any leisure, not because they're not capable of it, but because they're not interiorly capable of it. They've made wow. themselves. uh And I I say this like I think this is very much endemic in our society people who who think that everything lies that it's either laziness on uh, or or uh, workaholism and so so either these extremes either i am yeah i am hard at work you know doing you know being productive or i am kicking back and relaxing, and please don't make me even get up to flip the channel like I want to have a remote.
0: I'm a vegetable. And so, yeah.
1: it, and so people, wow. people on the one side look at it at the other side and say, well, I don't want that. That's no good. But it really makes me think of something that the philosopher, Greek philosopher 300 years before Christ, Aristotle, one of the things he says is every virtue, and this is something that was taken up immediately by by Christian thinkers and Christian uh, philosophers and theologians like St. Thomas Aquinas is the idea that every virtue is opposed to not just one but two vices and it's kind of Say more about that. What is like that? Like it's in the middle um, but it's not just in the middle between two things so if it take for instance uh, courage, the virtue of courage for uh, the virtue of courage we say what is the opposite of courage we say cowardice mm-hmm. but courage is also opposed to a rash rash foolhardiness which is just running in stupidly you know and, and so it's not like courage is just in between these and if i'm just cowardly enough and foolhardy enough i'll be courageous um one of the things that aristotle says in talking about courage he says to the cowardly man the courageous man looks like an idiot and a fool he's running wow. he, he's, you're gonna get us all killed you're running us you know they're like and so the, to the coward, the courageous man looks like he's foolhardy. Well, to the foolhardy man, the courageous man looks like he's a coward. And he says, what are you doing? You're, you're such a chicken. Hmm. And the, the courageous man says, no, I'm just, I just recognize that we're gonna all get killed if we go in there. Yeah, yeah, you're a coward. Hmm. Don't you have any guts? <laughs> no, I, have, I recognize the danger of the situation so the courageous man recognizes the dangerous situation and responds to it courageously where the foolhardy man and the coward are kind of on these extremes. So in some sense, like if you look at any virtue, you find that it's got these two, I like to refer to as the triangle of opposites because it's not just that cowardice and foolhardiness are opposed to each other, but they're both opposed to the virtue, which is there and, and so Aristotle kind of describes, as he says, that virtue, there's something that is deficiency or a lack of that virtue, which in the case of cowardice would be a lack of courage. And on the other hand, there's this excess or kind of an extremism of the virtue that misses the point of the virtue and, 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 and doesn't properly, you know, it kind of goes off on that. So it's a false and what you might call a counterfeit of that virtue. Uh, and so f- the foolhardy man is a counterfeit of cow- uh, of courage because he looks like he's really courageous, but he doesn't have any courage. He's just running blindly into the situation. So if you take that and you bring that back to what le- uh, what Pieper was saying about leisure, we discover that there's, again, this kind of triangle opposites, that there's true leisure. And true leisure is not laziness on the one hand, which would just be like an excess, uh, you know, a, a deficiency of, of any work or any productivity and nor is it the is it just a workaholism um truly sure is something in and of itself that really good and um it really comes down to the question of what are things for um you know do we um do we work in order to live or do we live in order to work ooh which is um, a very wise man uh, mentioned that uh, to me earlier today, and that was just the idea that um, some some cultures are built up on on this idea um, that that we we live in order to work, and we get we have to be involved in stuff, and we have to be doing stuff, and if we if we're too worn out, we need to go rest and. And recuperate in order to get back to work, in order to get back to accomplishing
0: that. Things. The sole purpose, yeah, the sole purpose of rest, and is the sole purpose of leisure, which isn't even leisure, right. is to recuperate. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. This is a, this happened a couple a couple weeks ago. We at one of our staff meetings, um, Jacob Farney, our children's minister, he brought up like how often, like just the like the language we use. Mm-hmm is very, uh, of like, of human beings as being... um, Pretty mechanical. We're very, like, we're machines. Mm -hmm. And so we say things like, I need, I got to recharge my batteries.
1: Yeah, I got to unplug. I got to unplug.
0: Um, And it was this kind of really fascinating...
1: We started asking, like, what other analogies do we use? Yes. (laughs) And we kept listing off all these, you know... I gotta could, could put the brakes on it, on this. And there were yes,
0: keep keep going. The, the, yeah, <laughs> there were just all these, and and it really it's it's like interesting how often, um. That we talk about ourselves in that in that way, um. Right, being cogs in a, a you know. I, I have to like yeah, get I, get off the grid. Yeah. Um. My gosh what were the other ones uh like i'm not I'm not operating at full capacity right those kinds of things
1: we're kicking uh, it into
0: high gear kicking it into high gear i gotta put that on the back burner i need a res- i need to reset yes <laughs> um
1: and this is all kind of looking at the human being like we are machines that are supposed to be really e- efficient and really effective at doing stuff and our only value is in what we accomplish and what we make and what we, you know, how many titles and how many ribbons and how many, um, yeah, what ha- what you know, has been awards. accomplished. Yeah. And in the awards we give, what
0: have, what don't have We give I people awards
1: in our society. We don't award somebody for, you have, um, have successfully, uh, rested every Sunday. <laughs> we don't, we yeah, don't, there's no award. There's no, yeah, award, no award for For, that. for someone who, um uh, who uh goes and spends an hour gazing at a beautiful painting and just contemplating the
0: art, yeah, I'm out of gas, I'm running on empty <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> um i actually I put this out like on my Facebook page the other day of just like asking people for i gotta put the pedal to the metal, uh, I need a pit stop <laughs> yeah. I mean there's just yeah, it's a sure. bunch, it's amazing. Um, I gotta hit I gotta hit the pause button. Yeah. And how often we do that? I mean, I do it. I'm feeling all, deflated. Yeah. Um, I gotta unplug, recharge, let's reconnect. I'm running out of steam. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. That we have this mentality that we are here for the purpose of like production.
1: Right. And there are to be fair, you know, like in this notion of the triangle of opposites, there are cultures which have a deficiency of, you know, where it's like, can't you just buckle down and do what you're supposed to do? Um, there know, is you, a place for getting, you, yeah, for getting stuff done. Can't you done. be responsible? Can't you, uh, you know, be dependable? We need, you know, and so there, there are certain certain cultures and certain societies that kind of get a stereotype of being um, so leisurely in in a False, you know, in a counterfeit sense of leisure, that they don't really have any drive to do anything. Yeah, um, that's not good. And that's, that's one not extreme. Good. That's an yep. extreme. But we we use that in a sense, I think, to justify our incapacity to have leisure on our own side, because we're so we're so focused on what doing, 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 accomplishing, 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 making things, earning things, winning things, that we don't say. What is it all for? What is the purpose yeah, of all of it? What are we doing here? Yeah. Why Why are we even here? Um,
0: and, and so to, to answer that, I mean, if you were to boil that down for somebody, like, what what are we doing?
1: What are we doing? Why here? are we here? We are here because we are good, and it is good to be here. Oh. It's good to yeah. be, like, God is good. And I was just actually, so I was just reading something in a little book of meditations that, that, that was kind of like something I picked up and was like, oh, this is really a treasure box of all sorts. Of, and one of the things he said, the author of this book said, he says, we, when, we, when we think of God's goodness, we run immediately to how good he's been to me and all the good things he's done and all the manifold graces he pours upon us. And he says, stop. I was like, What? <laughs> That's what I immediately think of if I, you know, if I think of how good God is. It's like, you have been so good to me, you've, you've given me all this stuff, you've made me able to do this, you, all the good things God has done. And he says, stop, wait. The primary characteristic of being good, uh, uh, the, uh, the primary characteristic of goodness is its goodness." is the desirability of it is the pleasingness of it is the wonderfulness of it is it's the fact that it is good in itself yeah. that makes something or someone good And it's not what they do it's not what they accomplish God isn't good because he does a lot of good things for us he's good because he's infinitely wonderful and infinitely magnificent and he has every des- he has every attribute of uh Anything we could our hearts could desire, and so actually to realize that God himself is good is to realize that God himself is you know and and to and to, to yeah. spell out like what is so desirable, what is so delightful, what is so wonderful about the God that we know, and in light of that. We see our goodness as something that is a participation in his goodness is something that's received from him in relation to him that he says, "I made you," and I said "It is good, I make the world I say it is good I make you know after creating all these different uh creatures he makes men and and woman, and he says, "This is very good, and so the goodness that we have and the goodness that we are isn't just the goodness of what we've done. It's the goodness of who we are inside. It's just the very, very being that we have. And if we never take a moment to rejoice in the goodness of God and in the goodness that he has made us to participate in, then we end up with this, uh, with this idea, the cultural idea we have, that goodness comes from what you've done, what you've accomplished, what grades you get, how many, how many victories you've had yeah and it's it's something that is all the result of my of my doing something rather than something that i have been given because uh, by by the god who made me because he loved me before he even
0: made me so that's the when we talk about the need for leisure right to to stop is to do something to ponder to experience the, to uh, the wonder, richness to 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 yeah. allow like allow ourselves to be loved, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and that's what we're not good at, right? And, so we celebrate, I'm, especially in the United States. Like mm-hmm. we're we're we kind of always have to be moving. We always have to be doing. We always have to be working. Right. And so we don't. We never take the time right. to stop. Uh, to th- to thank the Lord. To to be grateful. To wonder
1: to consider his goodness, to consider the goodness he wants us to have in relationship to him. And I think one of the things, one of the things Pieper mentions in this book on, uh, on leisure, he says um, that, uh, that there is a, a distinction between servile labor and liberal art, in, in the sense of servile being servant and liberal being liberty, that servile labor is is work which is serving some purpose, is is some serving some other purpose beyond itself. So it's stuff that has to get done, you know, mowing the lawn so that the lawn can be, you know, can be, mm-hmm. you know, well manicured and various different things. And so he juxtaposes that against um, the things which are perfected in and of themselves, the things which. Which make us better people. Um, the servile arts and, and the work that we do serves a purpose, but that purpose is to help us. Um, and what we need as people, we need to take time away from the work to focus on being uh, who we are. Like, yeah, it's hard to
0: yeah so I think that when we when we've when we're talking about kind of what we what we're trying to do in the life mm-hmm. of the parish to make sundays different is to allow this time mm-hmm. to to wonder to to ponder to 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 receive and not to and to, to right. like and to be s- loved to be still
1: to be loved by god to be yeah. loved by a family to be loved by friends and to enjoy that and to and to be made perfect in it.
0: That it's good in and of itself. Right. And I think, so, so that's hard. And, and yeah. so I think this is something, this is a, pl- a place of conversion for myself, for Me. Father Healy, yeah. for, for the life of our parish. That's not something that we're particularly good at. It's a virtue that needs to be built up. And the
1: best thing is God wants us to have it. So. Yes.
0: So that's what we're trying to do, to kind of to build this culture. Um, All right. We'll keep this conversation going. Leisure, the basis of culture.